0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin the Bastard, and with me this week are Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how are you? Very tired. Same here. We have been working a lot, and we have got Mr. David Davis. David, how are you doing? We missed you last week.
1: I lived, bitch.
0: Oh, no.
2: Whatever <laughs> what we do. The host that lived.
0: <laughs> He's got like a... a some kind of a scar on his forehead, but instead of a lightning bolt, it's like a, a grade book. It's it's a dick. This is a check mark. <laughs> it's dick butt. <laughs> oh, dick butt. Oh, we miss you, Casey. Alright. So let's see. We've got some housekeeping right up top. First off, a reminder that if you leave us a review on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts slash whatever they're calling it right now. We will read that review at the top of the show as soon as it goes live. Uh, That being said, we have no new reviews. So moving on, we have a new store with merchandise with some amazing art that David did. Uh, Mm. Thank you for that, by the way, with each of us as uh, cryptids. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool. And uh, you can find that at our website, supernatpod.rocks. The link is at the top of the page. So, uh, yeah, go check them out and uh, get something. It's still time to get some stuff in for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We're also going to have some stickers of Archbishop Zipnack. I'm going to redraw that. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are also looking for advertisers. Our rates are reasonable and somewhat negotiable. So please use the contact link at the top of the website. Again, supernatpod.rocks. And uh, we would love to advertise your product and or service. Kevin, Kevin, mm-hmm. can I pay you $5 to advertise my product and or service? What is your product and or service? D's <sighs> <sighs> Why did I not see that coming? So you can also uh find us on Mastodon. Uh we Woo. are at Super Hang on, let me let me get this right now, <laughs> at SupernatPod at horrorhub dot club. Yeah. So we're on the Horror Hub Club instance. You can find us there. It's a real cool community of like-minded freaks.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll also have a link on the um, to probably replace the Twitter link on yes, the website. Yes, that will yeah. be
0: coming this weekend. Uh, since I've got a little bit of time off, we are mm-hmm. also, of course, on our Discord. You can go in there, join us, the rest of the fans, and become a Mantis Cuck like all of us. Good. Come shitpost with us. Shit, yes, shitpost with us. Join in the horrors. Occasionally, <laughs> Mike is in there. I check it every <laughs> once in a blue moon. This is true. So, uh, this week, we're finally returning to The Men in Black with Return of Off the Rack Assholes. Mm-hmm. So, David, do you want to get us started here? This is the first one you and I have both worked on together, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and I'm hoping that we're going to be kind of doing this more going forward to make it kind of easy on both of us. I think Um, so. Yeah. So I kind of want to grease us up a little bit.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, baby. Grease me up.
1: Yeah. I want to put us in the mood for this topic. You can't catch me. (laughs) You're wasting your time. so,
2: So this is like
1: podcast foreplay.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, I, just, I, I
1: don't know I, that I spit on my hands a little bit and coax you. So. I don't
0: think uh, I call it foreplay <laughs> so much as a prep work. D- there that's, you go. D-
1: d- it's so, way more business-like. I, I wanted to talk about this video I've known about for a couple of years. I think you probably are both familiar with it. But it seems like a good time today to kind of discuss, and I think it's going to get us I, in yes. the mood here.
0: So... Th- so Mm, yes. Yeah, this is this is one that uh, I was trying to find after our previous episode and couldn't find it.
1: Oh, there we go. So here I am to the rescue. Yeah.
0: Um, so this is
1: a this is a video that went viral. It depicts a Men in Black encounter. Um, the title for this one, this upload specifically, is alien abduction, Men in Black manipulation. Uploaded by a user on YouTube named Mav- Mavir? Mavir? Mavir. Andres Mavir.
0: Mavier. Mavier. Andres Mavir. It's got yeah. a lot over the day.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I had you gentlemen watch it. So yeah, it's the first time I've ever heard I, and or watched it. Oh, Kevin apparently okay. was familiar with
0: it. Oh, yeah, if it's Men in Black on YouTube, yeah, I've seen it.
1: Yeah. So what did we think of this video?
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Um,
2: <laughs> I mean, it's... it's, it's, it's Mike, you, you it's, go first. Look, having having done uh, our mid-20s film... Uh, fever. I, yeah. I can say this is well done for someone's mid 20s film fever.
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely mm-hmm. like somebody watched like Clerks and then the Blair Witch Project and we're like, I can do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you, you know,
1: the video itself pretty fun in a sort of lo fi aesthetic. Sure, yeah. Um, so, someone on the YouTube comments described it as conspiracy ASMR, <laughs> which I love. Well, the dude's like whispering <laughs> the whole time. It's like, sure. Yeah, and it's, it's super intense, loud it, whispering. Like, if is. he's trying to be stealthy, he's practically, like, screaming it.
0: If this were d d he has just rolled a one on his sneak roll.
1: Exactly. Well, and let's describe what the video is. I mean, okay, we're going to have I'm, a link to the video in the notes yes. and on the up, up uh, episode upload. But yes. yeah, um, what, what's the video? How would we describe it?
0: All right, so it's a security guard. Uh, there, there's a lot of holes in this, but uh, <laughs> it's a security guard recording with his phone the screen of the security system mm-hmm. showing an alleged encounter of a, a a a receptionist, receptionist yes. at a law firm in Anchorage, Alaska. Mm-hmm. And uh her having disappeared.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, and uh you know there's yeah. some there's some high strangeness going on in there. It's pretty well executed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I'd argue. I mean, I mean I Okay, know. look. I mean
2: I'll, I I obviously I would, yeah. I oh. think high strangeness would mean there's something obviously not explainable. Like, there was no, like, we,
1: levitating
2: well, things no, or anything. but he
0: takes control of her mind. Yeah, yeah but... Let,
1: let, let's but, buy into the logic of the video. Sure. And let's just assume this is real. Like, <laughs> him exerting his will over her is, what? I would argue, high strangeness. Yeah, Mike, just see it for... It's like, it's like
2: high versus low fantasy.
0: It's low. Is it lo-fi high strangeness? No, it's, no I'm just saying high <clears throat> or low fantasy. Okay. But
2: I think this... I don't know. I mean, it it just seems too staged. Yeah. Okay. I mean,
1: well, okay. But like, again, I guess what like, it's supposed let's, to let's buy into the situation just, just for, for let, let's buy into the situation just to kind of play along here. But the the, sure. the, 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 you see him manipulate her in such a way that it's just, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of creepy. It
0: just shuts her higher brain functions down and she turns into a puppet. And, yes, I'm yeah. going to admit that, like, premise-wise, this is terrifying.
1: Yeah. So, you know, this isn't the first version of this that I've seen, but this is the one that I can most easily find.
0: Right. Like I said, I've been trying to find it for a year now, and this is the first time I've seen a link to it. Which, that's kind of odd, because every time mm-hmm. I find it and, book, and, like, add it to my favorites on YouTube, the account gets deleted. So you do the math.
1: Oh, well, and, you know, there's also something going on with a discussion thread about it, which I'll talk about a little bit. But, um, okay. you know, before before we move forward, um, Kevin, you know me and my love of horror, right? Oh, 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 yes. Yeah, you know I don't get freaked out easily.
0: Yeah. But things like this, like this video, I found it pretty creepy. I like it. Sure. Um, I think it would have been creepier if Dude had shut the fuck up for a minute.
1: Yeah, like, obviously, like, the window dressing kind of, it, it makes it cheesy, don't get me wrong, but, like, you know, the, the whole wrapping around it. So, this is on some Estonian YouTuber's channel who uploads goofy videos. Like, one of the videos <laughs> on his list is literally that viral clip of the crash TIE fighter on the side of the road. Okay. With the stormtroopers yeah, yeah. waving the people yeah, by. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, obviously, like, it, I think there's a tongue-in-cheek nature to this. But I still think, like, the the video footage of the alleged encounter works yeah. as a kind of unsettling, tongue-in-cheek kind of way to kick off what we're going to talk about.
0: Right. And and that's fair. And uh, I do have a couple of thoughts I want to share. First off, this, Same. this video works better on mute. <laughs> <laughs> and if you cut it down to just the part where you see the man in black. Secondly... <laughs> The main reason I think this is fake is that the MIB is too competent, and he actually <laughs> accomplishes something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because, um, like, again, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like kind of creepy in the way that, like, sure. how how
0: smooth that thing goes. Yeah. No, it's it's creepy. Uh, but again, she didn't throw a pin or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're not normally known for, uh, this sort of thing. Yeah. But you know, anyway, Mike, you had some thoughts, please share.
2: Yeah. So, um, a couple of thoughts here, Okay. having both, you know, worked in security and yeah, yeah. some of, some of my other, you know, hobbies and things. Um, so he's a security guard for a very small law firm. It's a little sus, really.
0: No, I thought that too.
2: Um but yeah. even that. So, so small office firms like this aren't best known for their data integrity policies, so him saying claiming he can't export a file. Look, I worked in security in a very large building and I once mm-hmm. had a homeless man walk through the lobby while masturbating. <laughs> And I was easily able to export a uh, copy of that footage off of our console.
0: Every time we have someone new start at work... Well, not every time. I haven't shown the newer people. Okay, true. but I love getting Mike to show people this. Because you can't see anything, but dude is obviously jacking. Yeah, no,
2: I mean, I, I... When he turned towards me and walked to, to the desk, I was like,
0: "Oh, oh, it's great." Mike just goes from sitting and like to standing without passing any of the space in between, pointing just like, at the get corner. out. <laughs> it's hilarious.
2: And, and, and my brain started thinking, like, "Wait, well, I want him to get out, yes, but I also need to call the police."
1: Yeah, um, but anyway, so I point <laughs> there. So, so you're saying that, that guy came at you half cocked? Yes, he did.
2: Well, yeah, I uh, mean. Mm. It, it, it was it was Half a little caught, floppy. Was he was he full mass? No, he was floppy. Oh uh, well, he was in public, and it's cute. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so my point there was that you know it's it's pretty easy to get yeah copies of the f- raw copies of the footage off. And,
0: and speaking of that, um, Mike, the,
2: the, the, sorry, go ahead. And so which brings me to our next point: is this does not look like any security camera package I've ever seen or mm-hmm. software right, package, right? Um, I I've seen a lot of them and they all looked exactly the same.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like from different companies, they all are really shitty interface looking. And this just looks like a uh, a Windows Media Player window that happens to say yeah. Cam One at the top. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I think it was QuickTime.
2: No, it, it, no. If it's, you look it's, back, it's it's an earlier version of Windows Media it has that silver those silver buttons on the bottom.
1: Now, I defer to my elder. Oh well, no, it could be QuickTime,
2: <laughs> I guess.
0: Now, the other thing I was going to say, speaking of what you were just talking about, Mike, yeah. um, oh my God, I lost the point. Uh-oh. Fuck. have <laughs> uh, keep talking, he'll... Yeah, forget it.
2: But the reason I think it's, uh, well, it could be QuickTime on Windows because it has the Windows yeah. uh, close, I mean, minimize buttons. Yeah. Um, but another point, so, okay, so she's a receptionist. She has a gun in her drawer. Yeah. When she grabs the gun and pulls it out, it's obvious she has never held a gun in her life.
0: She, okay, her finger is not in the trigger. It, she is not pointing at the gentleman. And she's it, she's she holding is it like gun it's gun
2: safety. A, a dead... No, she's not even practicing gun safety. She's holding it like a dead fish. She's not yeah. holding with any kind of... Fear or authority or anything It's just kind of like, eh, I have a thing I'm supposed to hold for this
1: Which is kind of weird for being in Alaska
0: Yeah, you know what I mean, mean if yeah. you're an Alaskan no,
2: seriously. You know, I, I hear a lot of them You know are proficient, or at least, you know, know and use firearms. Well, I
0: mean, you never know when you're going to be working at a law firm and then a grizzly just comes in. Oh, yeah, you
2: know, the the Gibbs, the grizzlies in black.
0: Yeah, no, grizzly comes in, you got to pop a cap in it, and bam, not only do you have food, you can wear the fur home because it's
2: always freezing. (laughs) And and the other thing is that, you know, I mean, this is more of a, a nuanced discussion because a lot of people can, you know, You know, a woman alone in an office could see a different threat than me.
0: Sure. No, totally.
2: But generally, you know, if you if you have a firearm, you're only presenting it in when you're actually, you know, think there is a threat. He didn't seem very threatening other than not leaving when she seemed to tell him to. And she, yeah. she just whips it out there.
0: You know, um, it's going to be funny. It turns out he just walks up. Do you know John Keel? John Keel is a liar. Do yeah. you have a pen? I would like a pen.
2: And that's all that it was. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that though, though, those are a little fishy. Now, reading the comments, which was a mistake, but, <laughs> so, but apparently someone said that there is some other video of her where she talks about why this happened, that apparently supposedly she was camp why, and why the man in black had her pull her camera out.
1: Yeah, there, there's some interesting stuff like I'm not going to dive into it too much because this yeah. is obviously, but,
2: fake. but she apparently re- reappeared later and was able yeah. to recount these, uh this these well, things
1: that mm-hmm. that in the YouTube channel and in um, the above top secret forum thread about this, uh, which, you know, it's quality if it's from above top secret. Yeah, because
0: no, um, that yeah, means it's th- th- available on the Internet.
1: Yeah, they, they, they also were trying to link it to a uh, disappearance in Alaska, which, you know, a lot of people go missing in Alaska. Well, um, bears, um, of but course. Well, yeah.
0: serial killers as well.
1: Yeah, but the, the, the thing is, is, like, there was this, like, little bit of weirdness where there was an article published by uh, some Alaskan news website that talked about a woman going missing and then, like, the article 404s and everything like that. That could oh. be explained with a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but I, I think a larger point to that, though, is you know, it charges that debate around the existence of Men in Black. It, right. Like it, it's it's that it's that kind of like outside stuff that gives us that thrill in that regard. So you know, there, there's all sorts of different outside factors that bolster belief in something like this. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but. It's a lot of this like piggybacking on other mysteries, which I feel is super important for what I'm going to talk about later tonight, Right. but I kind of see it as a thread in all the stories we're going to be talking about.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that sort of thing with the missing person like you're talking about, if you really know how to work it, it's perfect fuel for your viral video project starring your friends who want to be actors.
1: Yeah, and, and that's, you know, that's why so many ARGs are so fun, because, oh, yeah. you know, if you, if you know how to, like, dial into that stuff and create the fake news website to, you know, perpetuate sure. that sort of thing, that's why, that's why uh, Blair Witch was such a huge deal when it came out in the early days of the internet.
0: Right. And, I mean, because it was also, like, the first big found footage movie to really, you know... Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Like, so, it, again, it's this thing where, like, the video itself... Pretty cheesy, But when you factor in, like, people bringing in their own experiences in the YouTube comments or then saying, oh, hey, yeah, no, this happened around the time a woman named Nicole went missing in Alaska. You know, that sort of right. stuff is what kind of yeah. pushes it forward.
0: Well, again, this all kind of, you know, it's people making something real, like, you know, Slender Man. But... Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about Slender Man tonight. We're talking about men in black. And Slender he is a man black. in a black suit. He is, but typical oh. men in black have faces and don't have uh, tentacles sticking out their Not
1: necessarily. Not necessarily. Slend- a lot of men in black are described as featureless.
2: Slender Man is just a uh, man in black that has gone uh, rogue. No, I think he's <laughs> He's the, been
1: put on a rack. He's gone oh. native. He wants <laughs> no. to...
2: He just... He just wants to, you know, live his best life.
1: I love children. Yeah. In the Slender Mansion, come and be my proxy. Uh. <laughs> so, 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 so,
2: you know, as a slight tangent. Yeah. Men in mm-hmm. Black and Slender Man. Does that speak to a inherent, uh, untrust of to authority of us? I think so. Synths,
0: oh, yeah. 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 And also, I kind of feel like if Slender Man is related to the Men in Black, he's like the last boss fight of the game. <laughs> where you're just shooting your way through Men so, in so Black, he's the... and then you get to Slender Man. <coughs> Excuse me. He's the king, Man in
1: Black. Yes. No, you just, you go through he's the, the like, secret Men, you, you go through the secret Men in Black facility, and they get, like, more and more grotesque, and, like, primordial as you go deeper and deeper into it, the facility. Because they're yeah. older and more,
0: mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Eldritch. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, twisted, and mm-hmm. know, maybe they did experiments they on each no, other.
0: No, what and, it is is they don't have to be around people as much, so they can be weirder. Oh. It all depends on how <laughs> high up you are on the uh, chain of command. Well, see, as, as a man in
2: black grows, he can't, like, fit into the... the oh, the, into the, the car? The, no, the person mold anymore. Oh, so. okay. Mm, like the... There uh, you go.
0: Gotcha. I like that.
2: There's just the, the oldest man in black is just, like, the size of a you know, small airplane hanger and
1: just like <laughs> hanging <why> from <laughs>
2: hanging from cables from the ceiling.
1: <laughs> but but why does the larger men in black not simply eat the smaller ones?
0: Be- because they're, they're, they're faster.
2: Well, there's children and and or, you know, the ones that feed them.
0: Yes. <laughs> there there you go. Yeah. yeah, they just throw hamburgers at him. So yeah, what do, what do didn't men in black eat weird things? Uh, like car bleach. batteries? Bleach. They drank oh, yeah. bleach.
2: Yeah, he's, he they, he needs them to go get him bleach and bring it back.
0: Yep. Well, I mean, they don't even know what fucking Jello is, so it gets weird. <laughs> so, our first real topic tonight, after that interesting little discussion, is, uh, Brad Steiger. Actually, so my sources for my stories tonight are from Nick Redfern's book "Men in Black: Personal Stories and Eerie Adventures," and this is one of Nick's many many books on the subject of Men in Black, and I do recommend you check them out. If the name Nick Redfern is familiar, check back on our first episode, Off the Rack, Assholes. Now, our first story, like I said, is about the author and investigator Brad Steiger. Have, have either of you guys ever heard of him?
2: I mean, I hear you gibber a
0: lot about names. <laughs> so I'm sure that one's come up.
1: Sure. I've probably absorbed it through the larger pop culture of men in black sightings. Right,
0: and various other investigations. He's written Mm -hmm. something like 80 books. His wife's written 40. I mean, like, they're prolific as hell. Mm -hmm. So Brad was a researcher.
2: So so he's the the, uh, Chuck Tingle of uh, (laughs) UFOs.
0: Kind of. Pounded in the butt
1: by my fear of the men in
2: black. Actually,
0: I kind of feel like Nick Redfern is more of the uh, Chuck Tingle of the men in black paranormal (laughs) world. Pounded in the butt by the the rare (laughs) blood type that's aliens. You know, stuff like that. So Brad Steiger was a researcher into the paranormal and had many run-ins with the unexplained. Unexplained! Unexplained! He also was never one to let the truth get in the way of a good story. Ah, one of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If anything I'm about to relate to you guys is true, it's that when you look into this stuff, it does tend to look back at you. So, something to remember. Uh, Do not approach these sorts of topics lightly. Synchronicities will creep up and just beat the shit out of you. Mm Mm-hmm. So one of the things I did not get into uh in our last episode and I'm not gonna get into too much this time are the men in black's phone shenanigans. What like they're prank calling people? Yes. John Cims oh,
1: it's it's Bart Simpson esque. It is. It kinda <laughs> is. Now John May I speak to huge ass. Yeah.
0: John Keel and other researchers have reported bizarre static clicking sounds and voices while discussing UFOs on the phone. Now, even Henry Zebrowski and Marcus Parks of Last Podcast have had this happen on a few occasions where they were discussing uh, conspiracies in the paranormal. They would hear a click and breathing Mm -hmm. on the line. That's just perverts. Okay, that's fair, but it's NSA perverts. Mm -hmm. Now... Brad had something a bit more interesting though, because he's not gonna be one upped.
1: Now now I've been getting a lot of robocalls that have that like clicking and breathing. Do those count? Uh
0: that depends on uh if they're trying to sell you something or they're trying to tell you to quit it.
1: I've I've had some calls that are just like they click and then they hear a little breathing and then nothing.
0: I've had those too at work. They're weird. Yeah. So Okay. During the late 60s, Brad's phone calls with fellow researchers would repeatedly be interrupted by a third voice. It would just cut in and start yelling, Ho, ho, UFO! Ho, ho, UFO! Until they had to hang up and end the phone call. <laughs> it's like a MUFON Baba Booey.
1: <laughs> I kind
0: of like the idea of
1: Baba Booey, Baba boy, Baba boy, UFO Baba boy. So
2: you're saying that you said the 60s? <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering if that still had like operators.
0: Yes. Probably so. Hmm, interesting. Well, they showed him in Mad Men, so probably yeah. Yeah. Now to quote Brad's own account of another incident, I quote, a friend who had been doing a great deal of research on my behalf told of the time when he was anticipating a visit from me. He picked up the telephone to make a call on his private line only to hear the following bit of conversation. Has Steiger arrived in town yet? Not yet. What motel will he be staying in? The correct name of the motel in which I had made reservations. Don't worry. Everything is set. At this point, my friend broke in and asked who the hell was on his private line. There was a stunned silence, a click, and then the steady buzzing of a clear line.
1: Agent Beige is going to be disciplined for that
0: one. Oh, yes. Now, another time, Brad had checked into a hotel room before a conference and found some of his luggage was missing. So he picked up the phone to call the front desk and found someone else was already on the line asking a third person when's he supposed to check in. Steiger replies with, I'm already in my room, and then someone on the line yells, "Oh shit!" and they both hung up. <laughs> just, I'm sorry. I, I just find it amusing. Yeah, yeah. like
1: no. Like, if it's a Men in Black, if it's a man in Black, like them yelling, "Oh shit!" like that is just such a. Funny thing,
0: I know, and I just I don't know. Again, I I find it really hard to take Men in Black seriously with shit like Mm -hmm. this being the norm. Mm -hmm. I mean,
2: so so they're competent enough to like follow someone and get into all their like communications and stuff, but incompetent enough
0: to be found out a lot. Apparently, (laughs) now. Steiger's most interesting, let's call it a fight with the MIBs, was during the 1970s and early 80s when they began sending out fake Bob Steigers to conventions and lectures. Doppelganger. Brad Steiger. My bad, but yes.
2: (laughs) So they were sending them out and not just
0: like crazy people like trying to... Well, Steiger's convinced it was men in black doing it. Mm. Now, they would very often be rude to attendees at the conferences, yelling that they were all idiots for believing in UFOs and aliens, and they would be unruly and loud and just disrupt things, and they would be like, well, we're never having Brad Steiger back. (coughs) Now, strangely, other times, a fake would be extremely well-behaved and delivers strikingly thoughtful and beautiful speeches on the subjects and claimed to be a contactee of aliens from the moons of Jupiter.
1: This just sounds like various states of inebriation to me. Doesn't it
0: though? (laughs) And the thing is Steiger, I wish I could say Steiger didn't believe in contactee movement stuff where people were channeling aliens. But he did. But he never claimed to be a channeler.
3: Hmm.
0: Now, the most interesting story of the doppelganger, though, is the Carl Sagan debate. What? Yes. People started congratulating Steiger on having met Carl Sagan in a restaurant, getting into a heated discussion about the reality of UFOs, and then just mopping the floor with Carl Sagan for like an hour. (laughs) In some circles, this has gone down in legend.
1: They also mentioned his beautiful model girlfriend and his hog's impressive length and girth. Jesus Christ.
0: Yes, his girlfriend who lives in Canada. (laughs) And Mike, then everyone started clapping. (laughs) Yeah, it just sounds like one of those stories. Now, the problem with this is that (laughs) Steiger wasn't at the conference that this happened after. He was on the East Coast while the debate happened in California. Now, further, he'd never even met Carl Sagan, and Sagan, being who he was, would never admit to being involved in a debate about UFOs, let alone losing one. (laughs) Now, not to say Steiger doesn't seem to take some pride in the verbal prowess of his doppelganger.
1: You you know, on the other hand, it's hilarious to be proud of something your doppelganger did.
0: Yeah, here's some shit I didn't do that I have, like, inordinate pride in. (laughs) Now, overall, Steiger began to think that the origins of the men in black are with mundane sources, like UFO investigation groups showing up dressed well and actual government spooks, but that at some point an entity or entities of some kind latched onto the idea of the Men in Black and the fear that Albert K. Bender created with them and started using it for its own purposes. Basically, an egregore or tulpa.
1: Which, like, you know, holy shit, that's something that we should unpack at some point. The the MIB as an egregore or tulpa.
0: Oh, totally. We... Need yeah. to do something about that.
1: Mostly because it would annoy, uh, annoy Mike.
0: <laughs> I, yes, yes. Basically, <laughs> living imaginary friends would piss Mike off so bad, I, right? I don't
2: think it would annoy me any more than any other
0: <laughs> subject. Okay, that's fair. But I, I just picture you just shaking your head a lot. Well, you know.
1: Well, he's doing it right now.
0: Yeah, you're <laughs> no, not imagining I'm not anything. Doing it now, <laughs> now, now. As for if any of what I've just talked about happened, why would you let that get in the way of a good story? What What do you guys think? Uh, are we? Oh, I don't know. Are Are we sure Rod
1: Steiger or Steiger wasn't one of the doppelgangers?
0: Uh, no. What about What about
1: Rob Stewart? Rod Stewart.
0: Rod Stewart. Rob, Rod Stewart. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I can imagine him getting up there and just singing, If you want my body and you think I'm sexy, come on, you folks, let me know. Sounds like a crone
1: singing that. Like, just an old, old woman who lives in a shoe.
0: And <laughs> I well, hate it. Well, Mike did, in fact, say Rod Stewart, so.
3: <laughs> Same difference. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep. Woo. Yeah, no, uh, look, he's a very talented man, but uh, that voice. <laughs> I i don't know. I I agree with you that this really just sounds like Steiger getting black, getting black out. Mm-hmm. Like,
1: yeah, it, it's a good way to kind of like come up with a fun excuse mm-hmm. for him being kind of a bore.
0: I'm not an alcoholic. The men in black are out after me.
1: <laughs> oh, you're thinking about my doppelganger.
0: Yeah, that was certainly not me. Mm-hmm. So David, you've got like a big one to talk about, right?
1: Yeah, because it's me. Is it as um, big as
3: Brad
0: Steiger's hog?
1: Probably not. Or okay. at least that's you know, at least that's what Brad Steiger claims. Okay. Um so yeah, I mean I've got I've got a little bit of a long one, and guess what? It's part of probably what's gonna be a longer topic. <laughs> Um, Well, I mean... (laughs) that's that's how I roll.
0: (laughs) If you didn't do this, the show would have ended months ago. So... Fair enough. Thank you for that.
1: Yeah, so we're going to talk about the Maury Island incident. Now,
0: is this Maury Povich
1: Island? Unfortunately not. They they don't let them on the island anymore.
0: Okay, so it's not near Connie uh, Connie Chung Sound. No, it is not. Okay. So, um,
1: gentlemen... Does the name Kenneth Arnold mean anything to you?
0: Are you seriously asking me this shit?
1: Yes, it's called Flavor.
0: Okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it fucking does. Mike, do you know anything um, about Kenneth Arnold? Um, Tom Arnold's brother. Isn't he the kid from
1: the Wonder Years? No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no that was uh, Kevin, Kevin Arnold.
0: Oh, fair. By fair enough. the way. Just a little note, uh, when I was looking through the outline, I did have to correct where you wrote Kevin Arnold at one point. I was like, you son I, you of know, a that bitch. That
1: makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah.
0: You son of a bitch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Woo, okay. So no, no, no. Um, <clears throat> so obviously, like, uh, Kevin, you have an understanding of who Kenneth Arnold is. Yeah. Mike, Yeah, this is probably going to be some new stuff for you, but yes. it, it's important. Um, we're going to be talking about this guy again at some point. Oh, we're
0: going to talk about him a lot in the future.
1: Yeah, so, you know, based on my reading, it appears that Kenneth Arnold can be blamed for a lot of what we're doing right now on this podcast.
0: Farting quietly and hoping no one hears it over the microphone?
1: <laughs> yes. Um, no, but he he's generally considered to have reported the first modern UFO sighting
0: in the U.S. Yes. And, and uh, I
1: noticed in the notes here that you t- mentioned where, but I have that later yeah, on in the yeah, explanation. I
0: noticed that and I was like, well, we'll just uh, pretend I didn't say that.
1: Yeah, don't you ever fucking step on my lines? Yeah,
0: fuck off.
1: <laughs> I know what I'm doing now. I'm getting okay. So um, I just wanted yeah, so... to
0: make my knowledge known.
1: No, <laughs> uh, you, and you did. You did. Yes. So um, you know, okay. So beyond this UFO encounter that we're going to talk about a little bit, um, he's one of the first real investigators of UFOs and UAPs that we have, <clears throat> and he's central to our story. But his encounter of the first kind predates the event that we're actually going to be discussing. Right. And again, I want to mention him because we're going to discuss him a lot in the future. I have plans
0: for this guy. Oh, I just fucking bet you do.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's like I, I do episode uh, research for one episode, and I get like three other ideas going through it. So it, that's, how, that's how we roll. Scope creep.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. oh god this podcast is just a freaking metaphor for uh what's that video game mike uh what video game the one you kickstarted, and you're not oh, gonna star get star citizen star citizen that's it the podcast I- I version gonna... no only if we start
2: like taking money for you know new cryptids that we never deliver hey wait a minute speaking
0: of if you'd like to donate to our patreon all right
2: let's
3: move on
1: well you know i i i i say it's equivalent to like going on a wiki binge where you just go to one article on whatever wiki and you're just like Mm -hmm. clicking and soon you have like seven tabs
0: open yeah god forbid you get me on the warhammer 40k wiki
1: (laughs) exactly so um as for what i want us to know about him right now here are a couple of brief notes and we'll flesh this out later on but um he was born March 29th, 1915 in Sebeka, or Sebeka Minnesota. Oh, it's Sambuca. probably Sebeka. Probably Sebeka, yeah. Oh, I don't it's,
2: it's it's north, so it's probably Sebeka.
1: Sebeka? Okay. I don't, okay. Um, I don't, I don't give a fuck. It's anyway. Seppuku. Um, <laughs> it's Seppuku, Minnesota. So he, uh, he died on January 16th, 1984 in Bellevue, Washington. That's a lot later he- than I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh He was an aviator, businessman, and politician He had won Idaho's Republican gubernatorial nomination In 1962, but would lose the general election
0: hmm. So he's kind of a fairly normal guy Yeah, no, I mean but, Well, do you really want me to go into How many politicians have seen UFOs? That's
1: fair There's also the politician who writes about the Bigfoot Thrillers yeah. or are, are they erotic thrillers? They're erotica remember.
0: They're just straight up. We
1: we need to get one of those and read it. Anyway. Yeah. um, (laughs) um, And, you know, just so he doesn't seem like such a straight laced dude, I do want to point out this really stupid, nerdy thing. (laughs) Um, He also campaigned for Barry Goldwater and flew a banner with the slogan AUH2064.
0: So. Goldwater64. Oh, God. Damn
1: it. (laughs) I was about to say, I was like, wait a minute. It's
2: gold and. Oh, God.
1: Yeah. Yep, yep. 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 So you know, just again, kind of a, he, a normal guy, pretty respectable in all regards, and then he pulls shit like that.
0: <laughs>
1: well, again,
0: he saw flying saucers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> as for his sighting that he had, um, I'm going to cover it another time. But what, what I want us to know is that on June 24th, 1947, he spotted nine UFOs flying past Ma- uh, Mount Rainier. And it was the first World War Two, uh, post World War Two sighting of UFOs, with the first instance of like national coverage. He basically kicked off
0: that era. He kicked off the UFO era, and uh, like you were saying, this is the first post Foo Fighter,
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: not to be confused uh, with the band. <clears throat>
1: Now, I've got a quote here from the Skeptical Inquirer. Okay. On June 24th, 1947, private pilot Kenneth Arnold saw nine objects in a five-mile-long formation moving like a, quote, a saucer skipped across water, probably a phenomenon called mountaintop mirages. So, Mike, do can you explain a little bit about how that might work, this mountaintop mirages so, thing?
2: I mean, I'm not familiar with the... <clears throat> the uh, phenomenon described but i do know that people think of the atmosphere as you know just very static and very you know the thing is the atmosphere depending on temperature and pressure can be very uh striated you could have little layers and those mm-hmm. layers can Vastly, you know, you can have like very cold and very warm layers, and when they uh I forget the term for it. There's a term when there you have a very cold and very warm layer that has very little separation, and that boundary layer there can have some interesting optical properties. Mm. Um trying to think there's okay, I've lost it. There, but there, there's, there's several, uh, you know, well-known phenomenon that come about from just that kind of boundary layer. Uh, yeah, and w- phenomenon. with
1: with the movement of the clouds and the reflective properties of the the water that's in the clouds, yeah. like it can it can really mess with you. Yeah, I mean so, that's the
2: thing is that that boundary layer just because it has such you know warm and cold airs in such close proximity. It can, you know, gather a lot of moisture, which also will change, you know, your uh, refraction index <clears> and stuff that'll, you know, make you just see things you'll see, you know, it'll be almost like a mirror. Sometimes that's what it was. It was the, uh, that inversion that a lot of Asian, wow. uh, towns saw recently, not recently, but like a year or two ago was basically hmm. like a giant mirror in the sky,
0: Oh, is this where you see uh But yeah, town you see like looks like away. cities in the sky? Yes, yes. yes. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's Isn't just it from parobola? a parabola?
2: No, no, that's no? that's a different thing. Okay. But but it's basically Still. just because of a, a temporal difference and you have like just this layer of water that gets trapped there. Right. It just kind of basically looks like a mirror. It looks like the surface of a lake.
0: Well, mm-hmm. can't just say I've been trying not to scream at both you for debunking, trying to debunk the Kenneth Arnold case. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, you can I, go I, I, I'm, fuck I'm making a yourself. point here, sir. Okay. Yeah, I'm making so. a point here, sir. Right along with me
1: here. Okay. Trust me. All right. Trust the process. Sure. Um. So you know, water. Uh. You know, the mountaintop mirages. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I could see that. Or it could just be pelicans because it is always fucking pelicans. God damn it. Um, that's one claim and an example of the larger pelicanism trend, which is a new term that I
3: love.
0: That is true. There are a lot of uh, people saying that UFO sightings are uh, pelicans because they're basically flying mirrors, according to skeptics. Hey, I <laughs> yeah. never said that.
1: Not <laughs> pelicans you. Pelicans are made of aluminum or something. Yeah, I, don't, I
2: don't. They're know. very they're white. You know, Made of. They some, they they also from the pictures I've seen lately try to eat everything. Like they you know. Do. Mm-hmm. Capybaras <laughs> and other and humans, and you know, uh, I don't know anything they can try to put their mouth
1: around. I, I love that video of the pelican that just eats the pigeon.
2: Yeah, yes. oh, yeah, yes,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's horrifying, but also just like it. it did, lives did it like lay out a little memory. bit of
2: fish to lure the pet, the uh, the pigeon? Or they thinking of something I don't else? remember, I don't Pelicans remember, but we would wouldn't just... put it
1: past that crafty son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just
0: reflective <laughs> assholes. That's <Yeah>. it. <laughs>
2: exactly isn't that also uh, flying saucers reflective Mm. assholes shut up
1: there you go no that's the aliens technically I'm going to be talking about some reflective assholes right now yeah let's get
2: on um, with it is that that's also why the porn stars use bleach
1: (laughs) oh
0: god (laughs) that's why the men in black need the bleach ah yes for their reflective assholes yes
1: All right. So let's talk about the actual incident in question, because, you know, we have that whole thing with Kenneth Arnold. He's already on the map. His uh, encounter predates Roswell, New Mexico, which is like the big one that everybody knows. Same
0: year, though.
2: He's married to Roseanne Barr. Okay, let's get on with it.
1: I I think like maybe like two weeks, two or three weeks before. No, no, it'd be like a, a week or two before Roswell,
0: which is interesting.
1: Yeah. So, you know, as for my sources here, I'm going a little lighter this week. Um, I still ended up doing like, what, like 16 fucking pages? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um So I'm going to try to get a proper book on, for, on this for what will be a larger topic on the 1947 UFO flap, because I think we can call it a UFO flap.
0: Oh, God, yeah. That's no, the technical it's, term, yeah? It, UFO flap is any uh, mass <laughs> amount of sightings over a certain amount of time. Uh, and I
1: 1947 thought, was
0: a good year for that. That's what
2: you installed near your door, so you didn't have to open it every time the UFO wanted to go outside.
0: <laughs> now, funnily <laughs> enough, there was also a 67 UFO flap. Mm-hmm. Twenty years. later. Well,
1: that's another episode then. So there, there we go. <laughs> so one of my sources is the documentary "The Men Who Saw the Men in Black," which came out in 2021. Um, I'd stumbled onto it on Canopy, of all places, because I use Canopy for my my class that I teach because I I like to do documentary film. So, like, I stumbled on this really kind of, like, shitty, um, you know, Men in Black documentary. But it's not great, but it did kick off my interest in the Maury Island incident. Okay. You know, and I also have a few other sources worked in. Uh, I'll mention them as they come up, including some newspapers. So, um, to best summarize the story, though, I'm going to turn to Weird U.S. and their account of the incident. Now, I love Weird U.S. tour guides. Have you ever seen the Weird U.S. publications? I
0: have seen them, and I need to look at them.
1: Yeah, uh, they started off with, like, Weird New Jersey. Yes. But since then, they've expanded into doing these, like, you know, books for each state.
2: Do you really need a guide to see Weird New Jersey? I mean, you just step (laughs) out the front
0: door. That's That's there. He does have a point.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. No, that's that's perfectly fair. But I I think it's a pretty good summary of the event, so I'm kind of working with that, and I have some other sources peppered in. So, um, following the media craze of Kenneth Arnold's 1947 Mount Rainier UFOs, we have an incident that is claimed to have occurred on June 21st, three days before Arnold's encounter, and one that is significantly more dramatic... It is also likely the first recorded incident that included an encounter with the Men in Black. Ooh. Now, the 1947 Mary Island incident also bears many similarities to the Roswell incident just days later from around July 5th, 1947 to July 8th. So again, these are three major things happening very close together. This is also one of the few subsequent investigations with an attached body count. So we have that going for us here.
0: Remember, kids, if you're going to be looking into UFOs in the paranormal, try to die to make it extra cool.
1: <laughs> I want to be the first person to fall out of a UFO.
0: <laughs> oh, I was about to say, you mean like a Christmas tree? And I was like, I just burned <laughs> myself. What the fuck? Hoisted by
1: your own petard. Yes. Okay.
0: So, um, Maury Island is off the Puget
1: Sound in Washington. Uh, and it's what we'd call an inlet. I'm not going to bore us with geographical or topographical uh, details here. Sure. But, you know, the inlet, it's important because this waterway and the nearby island are essential to the logging industry, especially at the time. And it's about six miles west of Des Moines. Iowa? So, yeah.
3: Huh? Huh?
2: Yeah. Not Iowa. Wait. Des Moines, Iowa is way wait. in the middle of the country. Wait. No, no, no.
3: <laughs> wait, no. The,
0: the I got Washington.
1: Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, I got, Yes, yes. I got real confused. No, not Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> I, was like, I, I was assuming you guys would put together that I'm still talking about
0: Washington. Yeah, I, 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 I knew Canada.
2: that. I was, I was making a joke about Des Moines, Iowa.
0: I went to school <laughs> in, I went to school in Mississippi. I don't know nothing. I went to the well, same
2: school as you, Kevin. You know, you derailed. know that. Derailed. You can deduce that there's. <laughs> He's not talking about Des Moines, Iowa.
1: (laughs) Anyway, um, logs traveling down the water would frequently escape the jams and enterprising boatists, sailors. I don't know what you'd call like for me, a sailor is a person who sails the seas. Yeah, I
0: think the term is just boatman.
2: Yeah.
1: Boatman. Okay, I I prefer boatist. That sounds fun. Boatist. (laughs) Um, So these these boatists would find errant logs and bring them to the mills for a bounty. So this led, yeah. So this led to a sort of uh, informal harbor patrol, and introduces our two central figures to the story: Harold Dahl and Fred Crisman. Now there isn't as much on Harold Dahl out there, <clears throat> but holy shit, Fred Crisman is going to get his own episode. Good. Like yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gonna get I'm gonna tease a little bit of what he he has attached to him later, but you know, let's, let's go ahead and move forward. So, um, also the FBI report, which I have linked somewhere in the document includes a note that the Tacoma Harbor patrol was the name of a privately owned for-profit business that would charge owners of vacation homes on the Island for keeping an eye on their property. So it was basically like a private security racket as well.
0: Boat mob in color. (laughs)
1: So, um, the incident itself. On June 21st, 1947, Dahl reported that he had been on his boat with two other men, his son, and his dog. Around 2 p.m., the boat was on the approach to Maury Island. Something caught his attention, though, and he glanced skyward. Now, what he saw were six objects floating about 2,000 feet above his boat. He described them as donut-shaped, reflective, and about 100 feet in uh, diameter. Now, when I say donut-shaped, I mean they appeared to have holes punched into their centers of about 25 feet. He also claimed to have seen portholes and observation windows on the crafts.
0: Now, that's interesting. You used to get this a lot with sightings of UFOs uh, back in the old days. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, and now you don't. It's sort of like mm-hmm. how we used to see saucers and triangles as, uh, when people reported UFOs. And now we're getting into orbs. Mm-hmm, and I just mm-hmm. think that's interesting.
1: Yeah, and, you know, we, we've talked about this a little bit, like, um, how, how the UFOs kind of will, how we perceive them has changed based on, like, our understanding of technology.
0: Right, kind of like the super spectrum, which I'm kind of glad yeah. you weren't here for that one. My brain still hurts.
1: <laughs> um, so another thing was that their flight pattern was also striking as five of the UFOs orbited the 6th, which dropped slowly toward the surface of the water and hovered about 500 feet off Puget Sound.
0: Interesting.
1: Now, freaked out and worried about his livelihood because he didn't want his boat damaged, they made it back to the shore of the island and began to take photographs. I'm going to quote Weird U.S. for this. All right, and this is a little bit of a quote a here, but I, okay. I like the way that they wrote this. Sure. <clears throat> the lower ship stayed in position for about five minutes while the with the other still circling above. One of the ships left the formation and moved down, touching the lower ships. Ooh. The two kept in contact for several minutes until Dahl said he heard a thud. Suddenly, thousands of pieces of what he thought were newspapers dropped from the inside of the center ship. Uh. Mm-hmm. Most of the debris landed in the bay, though some hit the beach. Dahl recovered a few pieces, finding it was a white, lightweight metal. Along with the white metal, the ship dropped about 20 tons of dark metal, which he said looked like lava rock. When the lava rock hit the water, it was so hot that steam erupted. They took cover after several pieces landed on his boat, damaging it. The debris hit his son on the arm, burning him, and another piece killed his dog. So it looks like this week I'm uh, the dog murderer. Well,
0: no one think of the
1: dogs. Right, you know, if we ever mention a dog in an episode, that's probably not a good sign.
0: Yeah, Mike. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think you should mention dogs.
1: (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and continue here. Um, After the rain of metal, the craft rose into the air and headed west out to sea together. Dahl went to his boat and tried to radio for help, but it did not work. They sailed back toward their dock, dropping the dog over the side as a burial at sea. Oh, God. Dahl took his son to the hospital for treatment and then told his bod, uh, boss, Fred Chrisman, what had happened. How in the hell have I not heard of this? Um, you know, again, like, it's actually a very popular case, but, like, it reached its peak in, like, the, the 50s and 60s.
0: Okay, that's fair. The,
1: the other thing is we're going to find out that this is probably a hoax. So that's the other aspect of this, but the story's fantastic.
0: Yeah, sure. Now, I'm
1: going to go ahead and dub this section Enter Chrisman to the tune of Enter Sandman. (laughs) All right. So Dahl gave Chrisman the camera, and uh, then Dahl developed the photos, um, which allegedly showed the ships in the air. Okay. However, the negatives were damaged, which (sighs) Chrisman claimed was akin to radiation damage. Why would he know this? That is a story for another time.
2: I'm now. also not quite sure how much radiation can damage uh, photographic negatives. Right, and
1: specifically the photos were damaged because there were just like spots on the photos. Yeah,
2: I mean, because it's it's silver halides, which shouldn't be too affected by radiation. You keep your science maybe, out of this. Maybe maybe <laughs> it would uh could damage the uh, the gel stock, but I don't know about the uh, the actual photographic. Emulsion. I, I have a simple answer.
1: I have a simple answer to this.
0: Yeah, it's bullshit. Oh well, yeah, uh, I know. Yeah. I'm just
2: saying. Yeah. You know. But but I'm buying so, into the narrative and explaining oh, bloody God. bloody bloody.
0: <laughs> oh now you pull
1: that shit out. You <laughs> son oh man, bitch. that's great. Okay, oh. so fuck you anyway. Um, <laughs> um. So so Chrisman says that he didn't believe Doll. Which knowing Chrisman, that's hilarious to me. Anyway, so. <laughs> Prisman went to Maury Island to investigate for himself to collect the rock samples of the mystery dog-killing ore.
2: <laughs>
0: Murderanium is a very rare and I, dangerous I,
2: I guess this is the ore they make uh, <sighs> automotive coolant out of.
0: Yes. <laughs> so, um...
1: Crisman claims that one of the airships returned and appeared to be watching him.
0: You know, I could go off on a tangent right now about the way UFOs seem to react to people mentally in situations like this, but uh, I'm gonna save that for another episode.
1: So, so it the, reminds me of Nope. Yeah, yeah. So if so, you know, if I were
2: found a UFO watching me alone, maybe I'd just like sit down and have a wank. You know, hey,
3: hey, <laughs> you know what just happened getting off when, on it?
0: Do you know what happened when uh, V.S. Bois did that? Huh. They took him up in it and he had to, he got to make it with an alien chick. Sweet.
1: <laughs> actually, she hated it. Oh, you don't know that. <laughs> no, I I actually um uh, the the Haunted Museum did a podcast episode recently about the Betty Barney Hill yes. abduction, and they talk about the incident where, um you know, because I remember distinctly in that episode where we talked about that, you mentioned that she rubbed her tummy and pointed to the sky. Yes. And, but like the impression that I got from their coverage of it was like that she hated it like she found him disgusting I think, and he's just like it's still great I think
0: that's <laughs> them projecting
1: okay that that's fair it, yeah. it's still a great podcast I by would, the way
0: I would love to debate with the new Kirks about this well I
1: don't know maybe
2: <laughs> maybe, maybe you know he didn't like warm up the engine first
0: oh yeah yeah
2: he, he did more poking and not enough stroking
0: there you go
1: <laughs> so um you know so chrisman goes back he gets his, his he has his encounter mm-hmm. which sounds like it's just kind of like a me too thing you know what i mean oh right. i saw oh, it too yeah. me too oh, yes yeah yeah <laughs> so, so so here's where the men in black enter the story here okay oh, and finally right yeah finally jesus <laughs> so um doll reported the incident to local authorities and shortly after a man in a black suit visited him inviting him to breakfast wait a minute what Mm-hmm. In an incredibly stupid move, Dahl followed the stranger to a second location, following
0: the <laughs> Shit, nice new never.
1: Buick that Man in Black drove.
0: God damn it.
1: Now, now, the idea of the car being an identifiable model is interesting to me here, as we've established before that the MIB vehicles tend to be vague. That said, a Buick is an appropriately generic government vehicle.
0: I Yeah, because it's easily mistaken for a Cadillac. I, uh, I... Yeah, Buick is just the the. Uh, it's just there.
2: We had a Buick. You're not successful enough to have a Cadillac. You're not poor you're enough <laughs> to
0: have a Pontiac.
2: Yeah, you're just you just like okay. So you you're a middle manager. You're a you accountant.
0: Yeah, you couldn't get a car with an "ack" at the end. Yeah, so, so
2: you just <laughs> just I'll get a Buick.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: That that's a ring endorsement. Buick, call us. Yeah. Well,
2: by know,
0: Buick, it's, uh, it's but, there.
2: Know, it, was, it was the car brand that was, you know, so popular in China that, you know, it wasn't killed by the
1: uh, government bailout. There you go. There you go. So I, I think this breakfast is also a good example of high strangeness. Um, you know, Mike's probably going to debate me on whether or not this is high strangeness <laughs> or not. But well, um, I, <laughs> the, the stranger asked doll no questions. Rather, the stranger replayed the entire encounter to Dahl and then warned Dahl that bad things would happen to him and his family if they discussed the incident.
0: I swear to God, if you ever tell anyone about what you saw, I am going to have Zibnack core your asshole out. How are the <laughs> eggs? Are they too runny? <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just I you know and
1: I can't get any details on whether or not this Man in Black ate anything. I want to yeah. imagine he's just sitting there. He's sitting, staring there. at this guy eating his moons over Miami.
0: I just picture him like cutting up a waffle and like stacking the individual cut pieces into a tower <laughs> while threatening to murder this guy's family.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, like the so number one, like the Man in Black offers him like, hey, well let's go to breakfast, and then says like ask no questions at all, which is why you assume he's there. And instead just tells you the entire experience that you've had up
0: to that point. You know what? This sounds like a weird Al Yankovic cover of a minute, work song.
1: <laughs> it kind of does. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> so, brought me in and <laughs> gave me breakfast.
1: <laughs> so, around a month after the incident, Dahl and Crisman would seemingly ignore this warning <laughs> from the Man in Black. God damn it. And they sent a package of metal fragments and an associated letter of the incident to Ray Palmer in Chicago, who would later launch Fate Magazine. Now, Ray Palmer should be familiar to us, yes? Wasn't he the Atom? Uh, the Atom was named after him, yes. okay. So, so Ray Palmer was a science fiction author who published a lot of like, like weird tales type publications yes. who was very influential in um, early UFO research. And right. he, uh, so he, he gets connected to this because Kenneth Arnold now enters the story accompanied by airline pilot E.J. Smith on behalf of Ray Palmer. Ray right. Palmer hires Kenneth Arnold to talk to uh Dahl and It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um it it's a very like narrow pool of people here at this point.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's before the scene blew up where you could have like uh Isaac Asimov and uh 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 oh my god Scientology guy Elrond Elrond you could have them yeah. hanging out in the same uh restaurant
1: yeah so so Arnold and Smith, they go to talk to Dahl and Crisman. Now, you may be asking me, David,
0: what about the pictures? Yeah, David, what about the pictures? The, the pictures. simple
1: answer is that Dahl and Crisman didn't produce the pictures.
0: Radiation damage. Or MIB stealing them. What happened? Or, or not existing.
1: Yeah, there's no, there's no, like, they never turned any pictures over.
0: Oh, the cat ate them.
1: Yeah, probably. Uh, we know it wasn't the dog.
0: Yeah, the dog's dead. <laughs> yeah, this is another dog. They threw I, it I, I over hear the hear side my of wife, the fucking
1: boat. I hear my wife in the background, like going, "Oh!" Every time I mention the dog, <laughs>
0: oh man, I feel so bad for Holly right now.
1: <laughs> right, right. Having to hear about so, dog <laughs> So uh, yeah, they don't they don't turn over these fold, uh, photos. Also, in a bit of weirdness, Doll would also tell Arnold that his son had disappeared. Though later Uh, it was revealed that his son was in Montana working at a diner, but the son claims he doesn't know how he got there.
0: uh, Super weird. uh, Look, (coughs) I've been wake up in bed blackout drunk and not know how I got there, but I've never been wake up a short order cook in Montana blackout drunk. You
1: know, just once I want to get so drunk that I wake up as an employee of a Waffle House. Um,
2: I, can I, make don't, that I, just, happen.
0: I don't know oh, that look, I'd complain.
1: Look, look,
2: there's, there's so many <laughs> Waffle Houses down here and I have so much liquor. You just come visit. I can make it happen.
1: Yeah, no, we well, can make When I make finally that come lecture. by, that's going to be a thing that I'm going to I'm going to end up. You're going to get a photo of me like eyes red and puffy, just at like over the griddle at a little Waffle House. Just like what's going on?
2: 530 a.m.
1: <laughs> Do you want those smothered or covered? <laughs> yes. Oh, I choose. <laughs> exactly. Uh, look, I'll so, tell um, you I'll tell you
0: exactly what I tell everyone when that's asked. Scattered smothered covered, please.
1: Mm-hmm. So um all of this also, while this is happening, like Roswell has already happened. Right. Right. So now we're um, you know, days after this uh interview with um, you know, uh everything like that, uh on July 31st, 1947 Captain Lee, Davidson, and First Lieutenant Frank Brown of the US Army Air Force, still relatively new as an institution, flew to Tacoma, Washington from Hamilton Field, California. Now this is when the Air Force was still part of the Army, right. and even then the Air Force was still pretty new, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't think Air Force uh when did the Army Air Force start? Like the 19 late 30s? Um, I,
2: Pretty much as soon as airplanes became a thing. I'm pretty sure okay. some of the Army
1: Air Corps' first planes were Wright brothers.
2: So yeah. like World
0: War
1: One. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, So this is just before the U.S. Army Air Force becomes just the Air Force itself. Right. So these two gentlemen were not simply pilots. They were also intelligence specialists. So basically government spooks with flight time. That's kind of cool, though. Well, I
2: so mm-hmm. they could if be air force and uh, intelligence specialists, they could have just been
1: like spy plane flyers.
3: Ooh.
2: Yeah, I mean,
1: you, you, I mean, you, they, they are the chair force after all. So there you go. Ooh, I am, yeah, I, I know some marines, and that's the joke. They're the <laughs> yeah. chair force. No, I, I've well, heard. Well, of. you know,
2: yeah. there's also the
1: uh, the other
2: jo- the joke about the marines. You ever heard that? What's that? Uh, if you give a marine two ball bearings, he'll end up breaking at least one of them.
3: Damn. I thought
1: it was
0: like he'll eat at least two
1: of them.
3: No. <laughs> <laughs> My mom so, said um, I
0: could tear up a steel marble.
1: So, <laughs> so um, Davidson and uh, Brown met with Dahl and Crisman for several hours, but they were in a hurry to return to Hamilton Field because on August 1st, the Air Force was officially going to split from the U.S. Army. Again, like the timeline here is really crazy. There's a yeah. lot going on.
0: So they had to serve the papers. Is that true? No, I'm 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 guessing they oh. had to serve the divorce oh. papers. Oh. oh, you're going for a joke there. I, I yes, I'm sorry. Wow. I should have flagged that as a joke with the proper hand symbol.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know that we have to mark jokes, I'm, you know, in such and such a syntax. I'm so,
2: so sorry, Kevin. You, that is, you did not properly use the Sark mark.
0: I'm sorry. I'll do that (laughs) next time. Jeez. At at least it wasn't as bad as the time.
1: It it wasn't as bad as the time that you were waiting for me to launch in with a joke that I had written into the script. And and You were just just staring off into space. Yeah. Yeah. So this one's on me again.
0: Well, we're all um, tired, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So um, the two men flew out from McCord Airfield uh, in Washington around 2 a.m. on August 1st, 1947, in a uh, B-25 bomber with two other men, uh, two other enlisted men. Uh, About 25 minutes into the air, however, the plane crashed near Centralia, Washington.
0: You never leave that early
2: in the morning. Kevin, you know what the Mm. B-25 is? What's that? The Mitchell.
0: Mitchell! (laughs) waka Jawaka. Any movie will bounce for <laughs> a while, and it is okay by me. So I think we saw Mitchell. I think when we went saw uh, the the
2: air bombers, show, yeah. well, not one? the air show, but the little where they blo- the bombers flew in. Remember at the uh, the the field here?
0: Oh, oh right, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. We saw one. Yeah,
2: that was a. I think Ooh. it was a Mitchell and a uh, Stratofortress.
1: Fortress. Yes, they were both very cool. It's it's, it's a big plane, right? It's yeah, like it's, a big, it's pretty a, fucking it's a,
2: big. So so the Mitchell if I remember right, the Mitchell yeah. was the one that the Doolittle Raiders used. It's a twin-engine oh. bomber, but it, could, it was small. It was it was big enough, but it was just barely small enough that they could launch it off of a uh, aircraft carrier's right. But it could never land on an aircraft carrier, so it was oh, basically no. a one-way trip.
0: Yep, you died. Okay. No, way. no, not sorry, died, I'm but, they, okay. but but the doolittle <laughs> well, raiders, these two guys, did you know, yeah. <laughs> went Ooh. out
2: bombed Japanese bases and then landed on yeah. mainland. Right, yeah. so it crashed though.
0: No. Yeah. So. Well, so oh, that. Oh, sorry.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. I I'm ta- you went your back to the story now.
0: Yes. We we're getting back on track for yeah. a second, Nordic track. Yes. Yes. So the
1: two enlisted men managed to parachute out, but uh, Davidson and Brown died in the crash. The first casualties of the new U.S. Air Force. Shit. So n- not even like hours old and they're dead.
2: Well, luckily, the Space Force, you know, avoided that kind of track record.
0: So far. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. not,
2: not within hours of its... Oh, uh, well, okay, yeah. ...is a uh, incorporation, or whatever you call it, founding. Yeah. Hours mm-hmm. after
1: its founding, people died. Yeah. So, I, again, I'm going to quote U- Weird U.S. here. Quote, Dahl and Crisman said that the Air Force officers took some of the strange metal on board. People thought that they heard anti-aircraft guns shoot the plane down. The local newspapers and FBI received phone calls stating that the plane was shot down to cover up the information Brown and Davidson had found. Because of the loss of life, the Air Force broadened its investigation, and the FBI launched their own. Hmm. So, as for these investigations, the Air Force determined that the crash was an accident, which is fair. I would trust them here. Hero. The crash... Yeah, yeah. The, the crash was likely the result of an engine fire and a broken wing that resulted in a spin-out before Davidson and Brown could escape.
0: Yes, but well, was the engine fire caused by aircraft artillery?
1: That, yeah, that's the conspiracy, right? Right. So, the FBI and Air Force continued to investigate the uh, the Maury Island incident. There was no sign of the photographs. The damage to the boat didn't match the claims of Don and Crisman, and the ore appeared to be simple slag. Uh, or in some accounts aluminum or aluminium for the british
0: are we really going to pander to the british well, i'm mostly making fun of those muppets oh. anyway <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> aluminum aluminium. Alumi- i'm harry potter and i use aluminium foil oh i've just lost like the whole fucking country now aluminium leviosa oh, anyway fuck.
1: <laughs> um some accounts I found even suggest that Crisman and Dahl confessed to making the Maury Island incident up. Shock, shock.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but it isn't really a general consensus between the 10 different accounts that I read. Because I, I dug up as many of these that I could, as I could find to see what the different things are saying. Okay. And the details vary between them. Um, you know, in some accounts, it's uh, Dahl's son who gets hit by some of that slag. Uh, in another one, it's another worker. Okay. Right, so again, like, the account varies, and I need to get a hold of the book to double-check this stuff. But, anyway, the uh, the FBI warned Dahl and Chrisman that their perpetuating a hoax might bring them into legal trouble, given the officers' deaths. That'll however, happen. Right, however, by 1950, Crisman continued to talk about the event, and Kenneth Arnold would include the incident in his 1952 book, The Coming of the Saucers. That's porn. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the coming of the saucers. Oh. You're going to have a huge wad on your hand. Yeah. Anyway, um, here, the aftermath of all of this. So there is the obvious theory that a shadowy branch of the government covered up the incident by sabotaging the bomber. I'm not really going to humor that. It's low-hanging fruit. Right. Now, the general consensus is that the Maury Island incident is a hoax. Mm -hmm. Chrisman, an interesting figure, would also change his explanation of the event that he only had a secondhand experience with. Hmm. So this is from How Stuff Works, which I find hilarious that this was on How Stuff Works.
0: I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Before his death,
1: Crisman was peddling a new improved UFO-less version of the Maury Island story. He now claimed that the truth involved not flying donuts dropping slag, but something even more dangerous, a dumping by the military aircraft of radioactive waste into the harbor. Though this tale was no less tall than his earlier one, it has already entered UFO literature as the solution to the Maury Island mystery. Hmm. Now, even Captain Edward Repelt of Project Blue Book argues that the Maury Island incident was a hoax. This incident would also be mentioned in the legendary book They Knew Too Much About (laughs) Flying Saucers by Gray Barker. Oh, boy. It would also be included in the Majestic 12 documents. Craig Glenday cites the incident in his nineteen ninety-nine book, The UFO Investigator's Handbook. So this is a pretty common story. Okay. The reason why we don't hear about it much is because like it's pretty much considered like, a it, hoax. Yeah, it's considered a hoax. So we have a case of a likely hoax that landed at just the right time. The corresponding 1947 UFO flap, mm-hmm. and would cement itself in the discourse and bear many of the hallmarks of what would become common elements of this UFO craze. Now, before I, I close out here, I want to emphasize that I haven't even begun to scratch the surface regarding Chrisman's unique role and life in this show. We're talking CIA-backed anti-Castro weapons programs, what? the JFK assassination conspiracy, and fighting mole men in World War II.
0: Wait a minute, mole men? Yes. Jesus Christ, this is perfect. So, so thoughts? Uh, personally, okay. I think that at the core, there's a perfectly good, interesting UFO experience that once Chrisman got involved, was blown out of proportion Gray Barker style and mm-hmm. I think Chrisman was a, a stranger to the truth and just flat out couldn't stop talking. Mm-hmm. Mike? Yeah? What do you think?
2: Uh, honestly, I was doing B-25 research. God damn it!
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I missed part of it. Well, oh shit. Well, okay, anyway. so It's uh, all bullshit. I, I, yeah, it, like, it's, <laughs> it's obviously a hoax, but it, it's funny that, like, It predates two of the biggest moments in the 1947 UFO flap, and it sets the tone for so much that's going on during that time and afterward.
0: Yeah, and I I really like that you use the term flying saucer craze, because it really was. And 47 was insane.
3: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why we're going to have to do an entire episode on the summer of 47.
0: Oh, God, that's going to be great. Because mm-hmm. 47, they even had, like, the sightings over the White House, didn't they? I believe so, yes. I think that was part of the 47 flap. So, mm-hmm. my last topic for today mm-hmm. is a weird one. No shit. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like the others were normal. So, Mike, hmm. I know you're reading about airplanes. No,
2: stop. Okay. <laughs> I went down a rabbit hole because I was looking... Because when we were talking about the uh, the airplane crashing, I was like, and it, them attributing it to... A, Aircraft
0: you know, artillery? Yeah, yeah,
2: or something. I was going like, I know air, airplanes of that era. Um, some of the engines were known problematic. Mm-hmm. So I was looking up to see what kind of engine the uh, B-25 had. And <laughs> turns out it, it wasn't. So there's it had the right Cyclone R-2600, which is, was, as far as I remember, it's a fairly bulletproof engine. Okay. There were some the more higher-powered engines that were going in the bigger planes had a lot of teething problems. Right. But by the end of the war anyway, they should have been. They were yeah. all pretty right, much right, ironed right. out. It was, it was all mid-war stuff that they gotcha. were
1: having problems trying to
0: rush into
1: production. Now, now, Kevin, before you continue,
0: uh-huh.
1: um, Holly just like got up. She grabbed the notebook and scribbled something down and handed it to me cuz she wants me to mention this okay so i literally have on this this notebook june 21st equals summer solstice with an arrow pointing to trickster gods so i think i think you can get where she's going
0: with i that. i fully understand where she's going with but, that but
1: i figured you would appreciate that like she got up she paused animal crossing <laughs> got up And wrote that down and handed it
0: to me. Thank you. So just thank her for me because, yes, I totally understand that. Uh, I'm going (laughs) to go get my uh, uh, psychrometer and find some tin cans.
1: There you go. There you go. Okay.
0: So (laughs) my last topic, this is about Peter Beckman. Now, Peter Beckman is an actor. He got his start in the movie Chud 2, Bud the Chud. <laughs> and he's been a voice actor in games like the more recent Street Fighter games as Zangief, and in some of the Final Fantasy games, mm-hmm. and he does a lot of anime voiceover. And I will have a link to his IMDb in the doc. Mm-hmm. I-, I love uh, Chud Two. I don't think I've seen Chud Two. Like, and, like obviously Chud's fantastic, but Chud Two is pretty fun. Okay. Well, it's like, yeah. well, it's like House is an interesting movie, and House Two is. Insane, And I love it. It's funny. (laughs) You've seen House 2, right? It's got like a uh, prospector zombie and some kind of an alien caterpillar puppy. A a while back, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this story starts around 1969 or 1970. It's a little vague in his story, and I wonder why.
1: Now, Now, here's a quick question. Was this during the summer of 69? I want to throw Brian Adams No, you. No, well, because I'm asking for two reasons. Number one, because it's a funny fucking joke. Number two, <laughs> we've already established Summer is uh, an interesting thing here.
0: You know, I'm not positive.
1: Okay, okay. He
0: does uh, that's not fair. say. I,
1: okay, we'll, but, we'll, assume. we'll uh, assume.
0: But actually, it's funny you mentioned that. John Keel in uh, Eighth Tower talks about how they're... Uh, they tend to happen at certain times of year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I think they talk about that in year as well. But, mm-hmm. uh, so anyway, 69 or 70, it is, uh, God, you made me forget his name. Peter, Beck, <laughs> Peter Beckman <laughs> is hanging out with his friend, Stephen Leeson. Now, I'm including that name here because it isn't often that a witness provides, you know, that actual information. Mm -hmm. Now, Peter and Steven are hanging out at his parents' place uh, since his parents are out of town. And they lived in the middle of nowhere with no neighbors. Which means around 1 p.m. it was time for mescaline. Woo! As one does. Yeah. So, for the next eight or nine hours... (laughs) They sit there listening to the soundtrack from Rosemary's Baby, because that sounds like a great idea. Now now to be fair. To, to be, be fair, fair.
1: This sounds like something I would do, though for me it might be the Suspiria soundtrack.
0: Hey, whatever it causes you to have like a horrible experience.
1: Exactly.
0: Uh so he says the mescal had worn off sometime uh, around ten PM. <laughs>
1: Now, I swear to God, I've read that line in a Huntress Thompson
0: book. (laughs) I know. (laughs) God damn it. Uh, Now, I'm going to let Peter tell this next part of his own story. So, quote, As one of the tracks ended, I noticed a kind of change in the air. A shift. A weird shift. It was a change in the mood of the place. And then the Black Mass track comes on. Mm. Then things really changed. It seemed to me like we were in my living room, but also someplace else. In the southwest corner of the room was a dining table, which was overhung by a large lamp on a chain about nine or ten feet off the ground. We both saw the lamp change into a dark black hooded figure. There were, it seemed to me, two or three of them. And the other two were standing a few feet in back of the main one. And we were like, locked in place, staring at them. I don't remember seeing any eyes or anything. Then suddenly, nothing. They were gone.
1: So, I like that although they were high as balls, the more reasonable assumption is that they're encountering a pocket of high strangeness. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I do appreciate that.
2: When you're, you're tripping like hell, but they were totally there.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: no, because obviously, you know, the drugs had completely and absolutely worn off with no side effects yeah, or ankles. No aftershocks. Snow, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yeah. So they're really confused at this point, as one would be. And they decide, you know what, well, we need to smoke some hash to take the edge off.
1: <laughs> it's like fucking Trailer so, Park Boys. Very <laughs>
0: Scott, uh, not Scott, uh, uh, Hunter S. Thompson. Isn't it, though? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. this whole thing reeks of Hunter S. Thompson. So that's when a car starts driving up their long unpaved driveway about eleven p.m. The, the,
2: the, so I, that was a question I had earlier. Did, I didn't see a mention. Any? Do you know where this was? Like, California. What, okay, California. Mm-hmm. A lot so of this is right. in
0: California.
2: Well, you know, nice yeah. weather. So you know, that's where Wet all the west coast, West coast. Yep. The car was described. I, even oh, Dad's sorry. Probably an, even uh, David's probably an alien.
0: I don't know the it's David's an terri- Alien. I think he's more of a Watchkin. Have you ever met him you're, in you're, person? Well, I've seen pictures? Yeah. Here's the thing. Well, like fake you know, pictures.
1: No one knows you're an alien online. So,
2: That's like, true again. Sorry, I didn't mean to step on you.
0: Start over, <laughs> okay. Well, the car was described as being of no. Pa- now again, this car is pulling up their long unpaved driveway at 11 p.m. at night, and they have been smoking hash to come down off the mescaline. <laughs> again, just to get that out there, the car was described as being of no particular make or model that they could identify. Sounds like some like uh, some people that really don't know their cars. <laughs> Like, someone just sort of drew an approximation of what a 1950s-style car would look like without having to pay copyright. And, Mm. again, this actually tracks with a surprising number of MIB sightings. It's always an unidentifiable old car. Which seems like way more effort than just, like, aping
2: an existing car. Because someone has to design that shit.
1: Right. The, the I mean, man in black designer
2: that has to draw and, you know, create this, you know, bespoke car.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's also interesting because like when I talked about the Maury Island incident, the car was easily discernible, which one could argue means that that encounter was fake. Because, again, the, it's more common for the, mem- the MIB encounters to have cars that are so vague and nondescript to actually yeah. be able to name the model of the car is like one of those like, well, that doesn't sound real.
0: Yeah, it kind of sounds like they drove up in one of those cars from Batman, the animated series that just <laughs> looks <laughs> old, but isn't uh-huh. a real car. So, they pull up in this unidentifiable car, and three men get out and come to the door. Now, they were pale in the porch light and wearing old-school 1950 style black G-Men outfits. But the suits were, like, loose, hanging really loose, like they were several sizes too big. And the description of the gentleman was sickly and like they were, quote, Having trouble breathing.
1: Now, this sounds like review bra to me.
0: I don't know what that is. You d- Oh, you don't know review bra? I don't. Uh, uh,
1: I will send you a link after the show, and then okay. you will understand what the joke is, because you're going to laugh.
0: <laughs> okay. Now, <laughs> these weird semi-inhuman things are standing there in the porch light at the door after a horrifying experience, and Peter opened the door. Because Stephen said, said, well, better let him in. Which also tracks with typical men in black encounters. It's always like, may I come in? Can, please, I need to come in and speak to you, please. And they always let him in.
1: Well, remember, if you're cold, they're cold.
0: Okay, that's fair. You need to let your men in black in.
3: <laughs>
0: so the three men walked in. They sit down on the couch... And they just stare at Peter and Stephen. They just stared. They just sat there gasping and wheezing and croaking and smirking at them every now and again like there was something really funny about all this. (laughs) And after a few minutes, Peter finally It sinks through. He gets properly terrified and just screams, Well, what do you want? And they just sit there and stare at them. And then Peter just sits there thinking how much he would love for these three assholes to get out of his parents' house. And with that, they stand up and just walk out the door get in their car and the car just vanishes. (laughs) And that was the only experience he ever had with men in black.
1: This is an incredible story.
0: So, so I think
2: they were just sickly nerds that had, that didn't have their asthma medication. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe there were. Uh, this could have been from the era when they uh, they allowed uh, Mormons to drive. No, it wasn't. There were, they were that, missionaries. That was the '80s. And uh, when was this? Sixty-nine, seventy. Okay. Well, they maybe they were Pentecostals. I don't know. God damn it! <laughs> they, but they, they 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 came in and because they're still like they're still full of hash. They're they're coming down on mescaline and full of hash. They they just don't hear what they're saying. It's just like. What they're they're talking just sounds like you know panting to them
0: now, just like you were saying. And then he
2: thought he th- he thinks he thought, I wish these assholes would get in my house. But he actually yelled it out loud. <laughs> he had no he internal the, monologue.
0: He said the quiet part out loud. Yes,
2: again. and and they were like, oh well, fuck these guys. They you nope. let us in, but you know whatever, and they just left.
0: Now, minus the mescaline and, and the hash and the hash. And the acid they'd done the previous day. Oh, you didn't mention that. (laughs) No, I didn't. (laughs) This could be a truly chilling story. But then there's that whole drug thing. It it has unreliable narrator, like, not even
2: writ large. It's just, like, baked into it.
0: Now, what do we think? Well, I, I just okay. told you. <laughs> <laughs> David, how about you?
1: Well, uh, oh, okay. So, number one, like, at first you're like, well, there's nothing really weird going on that lures the men in black there. Because that's that's usually a, a thing that happens, right? There's some sort of moment uh-huh. where there's something that they see that lure the men in black in. But I, I thought about this quite a bit. So, you know, obviously we dismissed the drug usage a bit for obvious reasons. Like, okay, obviously they are just really high and they saw shit. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. That being said, the usage of drugs and tapping into altered states of uh, consciousness and reality is a historical thing. Right?
3: Yeah, like right, right. Right. Shamanism Rosemary's and, and that
1: sort of thing. Yeah. So who is to say they weren't unintentionally undergoing a ritual? So combining the mescaline and the charged energy of the Rosemary's Baby soundtrack seems like a recipe for some sort of awakening, because we also have to take into account Rosemary's Baby is a very, very strange film. It is reportedly cursed. Yes. Because of what happened, there's a lot of energy surrounding that. So right. it could be that they were unintentionally So you're
0: saying like the vibe.
1: Yeah, the vibes the vibes were fucked, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but but no, like just the, this idea of like okay, number one, the altered state of consciousness from the drugs and listening to something that is so incredibly charged such as the soundtrack to a film that like scared the shit out of people, but also had its own dark history. I could see that as tapping into something. It's kind of like sure. you know, you had to bring back like Hellier and that sort of thing, like the Estes method of. Oh right, you know, again, like putting yourself in these kind of sensory moments, and they they so are just we talking like about the they, thing they fucked up. Where they fucked up and set up a beacon. Now you so, have fucked up. So yeah. so. If that was
2: all a thing, right? If that was all <laughs> true or a thing, then they should have been seeing, like, the 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 world entity or Vishnu or something, or, not, or, not well, three well, you know, freaking uh, extraterrestrial liaisons. Now,
0: you and I have a mutual friend, Mike, that I have asked about. But uh, I was like, okay, when you were on psilocybin... Did you ever meet anything that you would consider the guardian of the threshold? and he was like, "Oh, oh yes, yes, I have met him. I have seen well, the entities." I was like, "Oh, well, see, here's the thing is that our brains
2: you know have areas that are just for you know social things. That's where all, where we keep all our social tools or the the social drawer toolbox. And it could just be those drugs like activate that and just make us see and feel beings and entities. You know, it's like it's like you're in a house, right? Mm -hmm. You you can be in a house and there's someone there, but you just don't know that. know there's someone else in the house. It feels completely different when you know there's someone in the house versus when
0: you don't. So you're saying it activates the somebody's home.
2: It activates, yeah. Just I'm just saying that your your brain perceives things differently when you know someone's around or not. There's unless been unless we're th- always surrounded. I mean, think about by it. Something. I mean, you've been in a, you're at home. You think no one else is there. You take you're, your know, pants off. Well, you know, doing whatever you want to do. You know, it doesn't Taking have to be your anything pants like off. that. You're just sitting around thinking, oh, no one's home. And then the moment you realize, oh, someone's been there the whole time. The house feels different. No, I understand. Right. So, well, and then so our brains you know, just kind you, of process and do things differently, you know, with social information. And so I'm just thinking, you know, well drugs could just easily activate different parts like that. And that that's yeah, just no. I'm just you know trying to say well, let's figure out why, you know, drugs yeah. could like do that. What well, you were talking right. about the uh, the
1: the
0: no. The gatekeeper. Yeah, the guardian of the threshold. Threshold,
1: yeah. You know, and I I, I totally get where you're going with that. The other reason they might have just seen Men in Black is because, again, at this point in the 1970s, like, late 1970s, early 1980s, the Men in Black are, like, a known thing.
0: Uh, Well, like It's like the pop
1: culture osmosis going on here.
0: 6970, and he he also... He could have just Mm. been terrified of the authorities because he was real fucking high. They
2: could have been high as balls and started saying, what if the police show up? Mm Mm-hmm. They could but, have talked themselves into it. Sure. But I, I'm just saying that if, if it was, if you're going like, you know, going by a men in black encounter, it makes no sense for them to show up here. Cause it was like, right. no UFO sightings, yeah, no, no, no UFO other or anything. thing for them. Now it's just, otherwise it just reads as bored ass men in black who say, oh, someone's pinging on our tripping balls meter. Let's go fuck with them.
0: Or, hey, (laughs) these guys have just drifted into the wavelength we exist on in the super spectrum. God damn it. Let's go fuck with them.
1: Yeah, they're they're expecting to see like a fucking shaman. And meanwhile, it's two dudes who are just absolutely fucking baked eating pizza.
2: Yeah. Kevin, I'm going to give you a dildo that says super spectrum just
0: so you can fuck yourself with it. (laughs) The look he gave me. My God. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of it for the Men in Black. We are going to do another episode where we're going mm-hmm. to talk about the nature of the Men in Black because I have heard some really interesting stuff just today on Mysterious Universe that I want to go back and do some research mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Uh, and try not to use the term super spectrum when I do it. <laughs> so, we've got some questions. Woo! I put a call out. Uh, so, questions this week. First one, of course, from Ghost Forge. Yay! Says, it, okay, and David, you, you know more about the Fae than I do. Maybe you know what the hell he's oh. talking about here. Oh, okay, okay. Or, or as Mike said, uh, don't want to misgender, so, Vimper or Ghost Forge, if the MIB <laughs> are Fae Folk, are they Seelie, Unseelie, or Wild Fae? And in that context, what do you think their motivation for what they do is?
1: Uh, okay, so I like that you kind of pivot to me as supposedly the Fae expert. Um, like, I know, I, I get a general sense of what this is, but I'm not like an expert. But that being said, Seelies, I believe, are like um, Fae that take on the characteristics of the dead, I think.
3: Okay. Like, um,
1: like, like, like ancestors or something like that. I think because that was, did you ever see brave? No. Oh, okay. Well, she has this thing. Yeah. Like the, the little blue orbs of light. They're like the ancestors or whatever. Those are the sealies, I believe as far as an unseelie, I don't know. Wild Fay, wild with a Y, by the way. Um, yes. Like that just All right. seems okay, like. Okay. Yeah. Sorry.
0: I just looked it up. Sealy are the ones that uh, are helpful. And okay. uh, warn people when they've done something offensive and they return human kindness with favors of their own. Okay, uh, see, I'm not an expert. <laughs> yes, and uh, unsealier the assholes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. According
2: to Wikipedia, that's where mm. I got it. The, yeah, Sealy court, Sealy court is described as to comp- uh, comprise of fairies that seek help from humans, warn those who have accidentally offended them, and return human kindness with favors of their own. Yeah, an unseelie okay. court describes darkly inclined asshole fairies
0: basically. You know, wild oh, fae, okay. wild fae are not bound to either court. Okay. Ah, uh, so they can they so, could do just whatever. They're just assholes. Well, no, they yeah, could so do whatever.
2: They could be, sure. you know, they could they like you or they don't like you.
1: It sounds to me like we're going to have to do like a dive into this because I want to do more folkloric stuff. Like yes, I want to explore no, yokai, for
0: example, because there's a shitload into, of yokai out there. We, we need to cover supernatural, not just paranormal. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. in the name. So, um, but as far as the question,
1: like you and I had gotten into this when we had talked about like the superstructure and the fae, like specifically mm. the uh, the fae episode about how. These are things that our perception of them changes, and you know, right. I think that's getting to what this is. So I would just suggest yes, listening to that episode.
0: Yeah, it's basically the phenomenon wearing a different mask depending on when and who. Yeah. Uh, if they're anything, I would say they're wild because they definitely don't answer to anyone, mm-hmm. uh, and their mm-hmm. motivation what are you, what are you is talking about
2: the answer to the uh, the
0: uh, aliens. The government. I don't, I don't. They're not government. I don't think they they answer to the aliens necessarily. I think they. Uh, well, uh, they don't write, they? They're, they're
2: they're like going running interference for them, and
0: they're running interference. I think they're basically feeding on fear if they're fae, and I think that will be their motivation if they're fae. Yeah. Uh, again, but I, I if, would I would listen if. to that
1: episode again. I would listen to that episode, uh, That's yeah. the fate It Is, because we kind of get into that, and I think we're going to have to revisit that, especially, like, looking at the different, uh, like, classifications, because, right. again, this is like, you know, and I always appreciate, like, Ghost Forge dropping this shit on me, because it's like, you know, I don't know really what these things are. Yeah. But, like, now there's, that there's we definitely, know. yeah, yeah.
0: Also, Wild Fay is apparently from, uh, specifically from the Dresden Files, so uh, probably need to read Fair those. Enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right, next question I believe is from Holly. Mm-hmm. We've heard stories of MIB being distracted and fascinated by mundane objects like clicky pens or watches. What basic household item would you use to distract them in an escape attempt?
3: <laughs>
0: Kevin. No, They're that's what I'd do. I'd flumaxed. shove Kevin at them and just oh. run away. Oh. Yeah, fall next by Kevin.
1: Just, what is this thing?
0: What is this? What is a Kevin? I do not understand. Where is the button for this Kevin? I do not know what to do with this Kevin. <laughs> David, let's well, just get Kevin, you're pretty basic.
3: Oh, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Fuck, man. Ow. Ow. Damn,
1: son. Shit. Oh, Dude, would, would we consider a Rubik's Cube a mundane object? Or is sort that specialized of. because it's meant to puzzle?
0: How do I, how do I, think, I use no, this? Can I summon the, the Hellraiser? You
2: you hand a Rubik's cube, the most scrambled Rubik's cube ever, to them. They would just like kind of go poop and it's full solved, and be like, that sucked.
1: Oh, okay, so I'm gonna say like a pill bottle with like
2: the child safety. Oh no, thing. that that would be them just like ours. How yeah. the fuck? What?
0: Their, do pl- not their heads would explode just because like what's in it? <laughs> you know, you know what I would. Hmm. You know what I'd hmm. give them. Fucking egg beater, like you know the kind with the, uh, the rota- <laughs> like- with, the, with the, the crank on it. Yeah, man, that's it, man. They're, they're never doing anything again. Holy shit! When I turn the thing, the top spins. Oh my god, I love the clicking sound. This is the best thing ever.
1: Help, help! I got my dick caught. <laughs> you know, it's a it's a pretty
0: big guess that they got a dick. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm I'm, I'm misgendering the... the well, the it's not even that. I just be. don't think they have human genitalia at all. I think there's, like, what uh, the guys on Mysterious Universe called smoothies. <laughs> They're all just Ken dolls. Yeah, exactly. They're Ken dolls down there. <laughs> They're just smooth boys. Oh, boy. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yep. So, third question. Smooth boy summer. Smooth boy summer. <laughs> it, it's winter. 2023 is Win- going to be the summer of the smooth boys. In <laughs> the northern hemisphere. Yeah. <laughs> it's winter. Oh, wait. No, it is summer in Australia. Yeah. It's summer
2: Summer smooth boy Australia. Yeah. Oh, that's even <laughs> higher. More Australian smooth boy summer. Good
0: day, mate. I ain't got no bowls. <laughs> All right. So, Sam asks... So, perception filter, MIB are just crows, right? Well, that would that would suggest that birds are real. You know what? I'm gonna throw you off this podcast for that. <laughs> I gotta put up with this from Clark at work. I don't need this from you. Oh. Uh, Actually, you know what? That's probably the best explanation for MIB I've ever heard. They're oh, just birds. Oh, if they're crows, I have to count them. Oh. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, and and crows and magpies are fucking weird, right? So like, yeah. I, I they they pick up shiny things, so that would explain some of like the the mundane objects kind of capturing their attention.
0: Yeah. You you know what I think? I think mm-hmm. they get to decide who lives and who dies.
1: <laughs> I understood that reference. And Mike did too. Nah. Um, well,
2: you know. I mean, I, I would call I would think a crow would be smarter than your
1: average man in black are pretty smart man's got a point not not as smart as a servo though
0: no no certainly not (laughs) definitely smarter than a mike nelson but (laughs) so one last bit we put a i we i put a call out on uh the royal we the royal we we put call out on horror hub uh this week for uh what was it i asked I said, question for hashtag paranormal and hashtag UFO Mastodon. How many of you have seen a UFO or UAP in your life? Tell me about it. And then I explained my two, and I threatened you if you brought up a Christmas tree being thrown out of a UFO.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, we got a response. Which, that's why I like Mastodon. Yeah. You actually get responses. It's been great. Yeah. Like, um... It yeah. has been. We got a uh, Steph at Steph at horror hub dot club responded with the most striking thing I've seen happened two summers ago. I woke up in the middle of the night and for some reason went outside and saw a red pulsating orb traveling across the sky. I immediately knew it was something special, but a sec I second guessed myself and thought perhaps it was a shooting star seconds after that though. An actual shooting star went by in a clean white arc. It really shook me up. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Not to be that guy. Oh no. <laughs> I, I don't
3: know. Whenever
2: well, I hear pulsing in red, it's just like that. That's aircraft marker lights.
0: It could be, or I mean, it could be, could something be fucking else.
2: Starlink. Oh no! I mean, it's two summers ago. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think we've had but Starlink that be, for.
2: That wouldn't be pulsing though.
1: Oh, I don't fucking know. It's Elon Musk shit. I don't give a shit.
2: <laughs> but generally, generally pulsing in red is usually the aircraft, you know, the red strobe light. No, I understand. Could have been through, yeah, you know, yeah. an atmospheric phenomenon that maybe
3: well, you know, also
2: Yeah, atmospheric yeah, pelicans, pelicans, yeah. pelicans it was attenuated just a layer the of, signal.
0: It was it was a layer of pelicans.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well and then the other thing is like uh, they mentioned specifically waking up in the middle of the night. And for some reason, going outside, which tells me that, like, you're not exactly in your most lucid state at that yeah, point.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe you a little, so, yeah. a little yeah, sleep like, in your you eye, know, your eyes are a little sure. Now, yeah, I will so, say,
0: that's the exact same way I saw both of my mm-hmm. UFOs, except that my dad was awake and was like, where the hell are you going? Mm. And backed up that I went outside and saw these things.
1: N- n- now, were these the Christmas
0: lights? <sighs> the second one <clears throat> was...
1: Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> the
0: first one was a black circle surrounded by red lights slowly spinning with one red light in the center. So they were swinging the Christmas tree around. I am going to shove you up the Grinch's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm a made to... one now.
3: Yes.
1: Well, Steph, thank you very much. That was that was a lot of fun. I, I yes. am very appreciative of you of coming in and giving us that story. Like I, I like it.
0: I yeah, like I it. firmly believe she saw something interesting, Mike. Um, yeah, well, I mean, well, the, I mean, the the it was interesting st- for sure. Shooting star
1: was oh, yeah. interesting.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. when you get to, like the one time I we can't... went out to the country and saw the uh, meteor shower. Yeah, the Perseids. 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 Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I want to do that mm-hmm. again
2: at some point. Go to a, a dark sky site. Yep, that will be awesome. But no, uh, it does remind me of the. I think I've told it on the show before, where uh, we're like sitting around my house when I was still, you know, teenager, still living with my parents.
0: Is this the hole in the sky?
2: Yeah. Yes. There's a, there's a, there's a boom outside. And it just sounded like far off, like kind of like, you know, when you hear a distant transformer explode, you know but no power goes out. So go out and look and the whole sky is just, you know, very thin, but you know,
0: yeah, that thin horizon
2: overcast layer yeah, mm-hmm. horizon, not, I guess, overcast kind of, but you know, if you, if the moon was behind it, it will be you would be you haze You'd still see the disc of the moon, but it'd be very blurry. But, right. Yeah. Right. in kind of, okay. So if I orient myself, I think it was kind of to the east. If mm-hmm. I remember the directions right. right. Um, was just this big, perfectly circular hole in the uh, cloud
0: layer. Like in an anime when a laser shoots through the yeah, clouds? Yeah, exactly. Yes.
2: And, you know, I I'm, I mean, my guess, my best, uh, what I could best describe what probably happened was a uh, meteor probably s- exploded somewhere, you know, it was coming down and exploded at just the right altitude for the shock to blow up. A- Circular hole in the clouds,
0: <laughs> or God fucked the Earth. Oh well, yeah, you know. Yeah,
2: or or an anime laser beam shot. <laughs> sure. It was the Avengers. A there uh, someone, someone could have ascended to the next plane of existence, mm-hmm. and that was the beam shooting up into the sky.
1: Yep. There you go. That's it. But, it's the fucking rapture. Yep. But I,
2: I'm gonna. the stick one with, good person. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with the uh, <laughs> the uh, meteor.
0: The now nah, it was the fucking one good person going to heaven, and we're all in hell now. Yeah.
1: So, now, now,
2: Actually, uh,
0: gentlemen, I, I
1: need you to go to Host Talk and look at the two pictures I posted because okay. I mentioned Review Bra earlier.
0: Okay, we're going to Host Talk.
1: Uh, yeah, Host, is Host
0: Talk. Host Talk. Oh, that oh, guy. That guy. Yeah. yeah, the food now, guy. If,
1: if if you search for Review Bra on Google, the top question people ask is is Review Bra a human?
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I've never seen someone with the ins mouth look quite so i much.
1: love this guy i love this guy
0: yeah no i love that one where he ate something and He said, this has ruined my day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah i watched him uh review a wendy's chicken
1: sandwich the other day and he like was just oh like masterful of the shade with that thing i was yes. like oh man what a words what a wordsmith
0: <laughs> do you but now you now,
1: now the joke him? makes sense
0: Yes, now the joke makes sense. (laughs) Now, at the end of all things, does the joke make sense?
1: I feel like leaving off with review bra should make us feel good. Everybody go to his YouTube channel, watch his shit, he's great. Well, he he
2: does, I think he might be like a man in black that is like trying to live as a
0: human. I think he's like the mid-stage between one of the black-eyed kids and a man in black. Because I mean, the, the suit—he does look sickly. Oh, that could be all the fast food he eats. Yeah, he, yeah, no, he really um, does match the description for, from that story. For all the fast food he
2: eats—he's very, very skinny, and that suit just, just hangs off of him.
0: Yep.
1: The the, the suits—I wish he would wear like a suit that's tailored to him. Well, I,
0: uh, I think he would do look a
3: lot
1: better. Well, I, I'm no, pretty... I
0: think the point is. He, he must no, make, I, like, I, know, I know
1: the point is to look that way. But he must also make YouTube like,
0: money at this point, right?
1: I, I want to see him in a tailored suit at some point because I, I think it would be good for him to have at least one suit that fits. I think I'm he'd sure look he like does. David
0: Tennant. <laughs> you know? He'd look, he'd look like a, 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 a scarecrow.
1: But I, yeah, um, I, I just feel like we needed to close it out with Review bro.
2: That's fine. I'm like I said. I mean, if he if he does make you know YouTube money, he he probably has good suits. He just wears you know shitty ones off the rack suits yeah.
0: to look like a man in black. He's an off the rack asshole.
1: Oh, he's a nice boy.
0: Uh, he doesn't seem he's like an a asshole. nice boy. I'm not boy. saying, isn't it? A- oh, Bobola, don't you worry. He's just such a good boy. <laughs> oh my God, he is just the bestest boy. I love that child so much. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I have I have a I have a niece, Mr. Review Brawl. You would love her. She would really bop on you, (laughs) (laughs) Schmeckle. All right. With that, we're going to close. I want to thank everyone for listening. Again, you can find everything you need to about the show at supernatpod.rocks, including our our Patreon, links to the Discord, our news store, and uh, I got a new article up this week uh, in the news section. David? Whenever you can get one up, there. Uh,
1: yes, yes, sure. So, oh,
0: yes, <laughs> no,
1: I, I, know. I feel, why, I feel terrible. Not? I feel terrible, but yeah.
0: No, I don't mean to make you feel terrible, but uh, remember supernatpod.rocks for all your supernatural selection needs, and uh, yeah, David, you can find what you're at H P K O M I C at Horror on Mastodon. Yeah. We have. Uh, officially abandoned You know, Twitter. the easiest way to
1: find me on the fucking internet, go to hpcomics.com and then my social media is all up in the top
0: right-hand corner. Yeah, it's H-P-K-O-M-I-C-S. S. Yes. Yes. Yeah. S. Dot com. Right. All right, Mike, is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, The ozone hole. Ooh, good wow. answer. Thoughtful. Nice. Very yes. thoughtful for 1987. Uh, yeah,
2: I, I just came up with that, like, two seconds ago.
3: Man. How is that doing yes, by love,
2: the way? How lot.
0: is that ozone
2: hole? Uh, I th- I, I'm i pretty better, sure it got like, actually. like, it's not a problem anymore. It's like there's always going to be an ozone hole because the problem was we just made it bigger. We really yeah. go see uh, the shit out of
0: it. Yeah. Man, Man we, we,
2: we like put that wedding ring on and just stretched it with our CFCs.
0: We engaged the shit out of it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, the good, you think of the the chlorofluorocarbons as like the extra extra large butt plug that's like the size of a dinner plate.
0: <laughs> I feel the sick. CFC's <laughs> the CFCs. Thank you fingers, for listening,
1: everyone. And it's been working with the Jesus. squeeze ball
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, guys, we will see you next week for something. So until then, everybody, stay safe and stay frosty. Goodbye. Bye.
2: Gaping ozone holes. Well, well, looking at looking at uh the review guy, his uh he's wearing better suits nowadays. Like he actually, oh, that's true. I mean, like really fancy looking suits.
3: Ooh.